need to tell you a bit about myself beforehand. I'm Nicola, hello. <laughs> uh, and if I haven't met you yet, I really want to meet you. Um, a little bit about myself, I guess I came here, I moved uh, to kind of the Fitzroy area um, from Werribee about six months ago, and I love it here, which is really good. Um, I, what do I work as a remuneration consultant, um, and I do a lot of things in my spare time, and I never usually get to church without sleeping less, or more than six hours, so I was good today. I got, got home at 3 a.m. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, there was a particular passage that kept popping up this week for me, and, and generally when, when something keeps popping up, you kind of have to pay attention to it. Um, so it's Ephesians 3, um, verse 14 to 19. And when I get my Bible up... Um, so I'm going to read from uh, in English Standard Version, uh, mainly because that was the free one. <laughs> it was either that or Old King James, so... All right. So, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And the particular verse that really stood out to me was verse 18. Um, it goes, may, may you have the strength to comprehend, which is an incredible request in itself, with all the saints. And so we're not doing this alone. We're doing this within a, a global community, a global movement, a global family. Um, so I guess another aspect of myself is that I love traveling. Um, and I've spent the past, about 40% of my time for the past five years overseas. Um, and I've had the privilege to be able to observe um, Christian culture. Um, and Christianity and how it plays out through the lens of different cultures. And some, some places it, it's quite different, but the one thing that I found that remains the same is the act of communion um, and what it symbolises. And, and no matter whether the language barrier or the cultural barrier, that act and, and symbolic act of taking the bread or cracker um, and the wine and juice um, together, what it symbolizes for me is not just the body of Christ and, and the, the blood of Christ, but the, the fact that we're doing it together and we're doing it in community and we're doing it as part of a global community. And as we do it this morning, we're, we're also doing it with people from all over the world. And when I travel, I never feel alone because I have family in every single country that I go to. Uh, I don't have to be worried when I'm overseas. Um, so for me, communion symbolizes also identity and belonging and that we all belong to the one God. Um, 
I think it's interesting though because communion, my memories of communion in different places would be like in the UK, um, we'd all come to the front and there'd be one cup and someone would break the bread or have that, those little wafer thingies that like melt in your mouth. <laughs> They're cool. Um, and so you come and, and drink the wine and, and then, you know, you go to the Kimberleys and there's no alcohol there because of the intervention. Um, so I think we used Coca-Cola <laughs> when we were there. Um, and then in Singapore, like, my grandfather's one of the elders of, of, the, of a brethren church there. And, and the biggest decision that they had to make in such a long time was whether to change from one cup to several cups and, and what that theologically meant because of the SARS virus that, <laughs> that was going around. And... Um, swine flu and all those kind of things and and then going to Rome and, and these things are, they're solid gold and silver um, and then going to Cambodia where you do communion with nothing because there's nothing um, so I think it's great because communion represents it's who we belong to and that we all have the same father and so we're brothers and sisters um, and so Ephesians 4 verse 4 was another kind of verse that popped out as well um, verse 4 to 6 um, it goes there is one body and one spirit just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all um, and I've had the the privilege of having a fantastic earthly family, but I know a lot of people aren't in that space. Um, and the fact that we can eat and drink together and and be part of the one family and that one faith. Um, so I kind of like a bit of traditionalism. So I'm going to do this how I guess I was brought up doing communion. Um, so... First of all, as in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, I ask that we spend about 30 seconds or so um, examining ourselves so that we do not partake of communion in an unworthy manner. And so I'm just going to give you time to confess your sins to God and ask him to forgive you. And so let us take the cracker together. And just also in remembrance that we're doing this <laughs> with our brothers and sisters all over the world. So this is Christ's body broken for us and let us eat this in remembrance of him. Um, now we take this cup that symbolizes the new covenant in his blood and let us drink this in remembrance of him. <laughs> 